Hi, good afternoon. Welcome to the marketplace. Coming up, Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana increases key lending rate by 50 basis points to hit 30%. Ghana's macroeconomic framework requires decisive tightening from both the fiscal and monetary side to anchor inflation expectations firmly on the declining path. Given these considerations and under the current circumstances, the committee has decided to increase the monetary policy rate by 0.5% to 30%. Also coming up, interest rates on the money market return to 30% bracket as government accepts all bids tendered for the Treasury bills. And National Petroleum Authority finally set to implement the National Cylinder Recirculation Program for September this year. After initial setbacks, we'll get reaction from the LPG marketers. My name is Daryl Kwa. Thanks for being with us. Details coming up. Staying with us, everyone. First up, the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana has increased its policy rate uh, marginally. The committee adjusted its key lending rate by 50 basis points to 30%. Addressing the media a while ago, the Bank of Ghana Governor, Dr. Ennis Addison, said the spike is part of measures to contain soaring inflation. He indicated that additional measures will be taken should the need be, uh, should need be to deal with threats of, to growth. Regarding the monetary policy consultation clause, inflation as of June 2023 was within the target band. After declining consistently between January to April, headline inflation increased in May and June on account of a variety of factors, including higher food prices, implementation of new tax measures, and utility tariff adjustments. Overall, inflation increased from 41.2% in April to 42.2% in May, and then further to 42.5% in June. Underlying measures of inflation have all ticked up in May 2023. While core inflation ticked up, business expectations of inflation remain flat at an elevated level. Although inflation is expected to decline in the near term, baseline forecasts show a slightly higher 
elevated profile in the year ahead, which, if not contained, could embed in underlying inflationary pressures. It is important that policy responds appropriately and decisively to prevent these risks from becoming embedded and consequently derail the disinflation process. In the committee's assessment, risks to the inflation profile are judged to be elevated, driven by second-round effects of food prices. Inflation has persistently hovered around 42% throughout the second quarter of 2023, even though central bank financing has been eliminated in the first six months of the year. Ghana's macroeconomic framework requires decisive tightening from both the fiscal and monetary side to anchor inflation expectations firmly on the declining path. Given these considerations and under the current circumstances, the committee has decided to increase the monetary policy rate by 0.5% to 30%. In the coming months, the committee will monitor closely incoming inflation data and will respond appropriately if needed should inflation persist. Meantime, uh, interest rates on the money market return to the 30% bracket as the government mobilizes more funds to finance maturing debt. According to the auction result by the Bank of Ghana, the government accepted all bids tendered for the treasury bills by the investors to the tune of 2.699 billion CDs. The TBO sale was oversubscribed by a marginal 1.70%, but a rise in interest cost is a major concern to all stakeholders. They yield on a 364-day bill, inched up to 30.04% from the previous 29.65%, that of the 91-day bill shot up by 0.39% to 24.92%. Again, the 182-day bill also escalated to 26.80% from 26.40% previously. In the first four months of this year, the government domestic debt went up by a significant 15.6 billion cities. According to the results by the Bank of Ghana, about 1.785 billion cities were tendered for the 91-day bill. All the bids were accepted. A little about 557 million cities were, however, mobilized from the one-year bill. All right, so as we have been reporting uh, this afternoon, the central bank has increased its key lending rate by 50 basis points to hit uh, 30%. We want to get some reaction to that. Joining us on Zoom is uh, Karaj Buti, who is the recent lead at GCB Capital. Good afternoon to you. And so uh, I think we're expecting this to happen since inflation uh, went up uh, also uh, in, the month of, uh, in the month of June. Is this a good decision by the central bank, Karaj? Well, good afternoon to your listeners. Um, personally, I was expecting a rate hold uh, for reasons that I think the uh, uptake, uptake in inflation for the last two months were uh, temporal in nature. Uh, and I expected that uh, given the dynamics of exchange rate, fuel prices generally on the market, and then the fact that there is a base pool pulling inflation down, these things should be enough to probably outweigh the upside push from uh, things like the utility tariff adjustment and the second round effect of these revenue measures that probably shot up inflation uh, over the last two months, really. But the central bank held a different opinion. I think um, the assessment of the dynamics on the energy market as things stand 
where OPEC pri- uh, uh, Plus is trying to push up prices through uh, production control, you know there is the hint that there could be quarterly review of um, uh, utility tariffs going forward, uh, and a number of other reasons, really. They assess that the risk to inflation seems to be elevated at this point, and they feel that there is a need for both monetary and fiscal tightening to try to rein in uh, uh, that, that uh, outlook, really. And so it was on the basis of that that they hiked their rate by 50 basis points. Reasons are quite sound. Uh, no qualms about it at this point, really. But it just brings back the question, as uh, uh, growth is slowing or is expected to slow down and policy stances tightening, how do we stimulate economic activity? Their response is that, yes, these are maybe concerns, but I think the balance of risk weighs heavily on inflation now than growth, and that is why the decision really so we are where we are. Yeah, uh, well, not everybody agrees with uh, the central bank's approach. In fact, last week, the Institute for Economic Affairs insisted that over-reliance on the policy rate in addressing um, high inflation would yield no positive results. It's, it's saying this thing is not working, Courage. Well, it's, it's a good call, and I guess I was advancing not exact, but a related argument, really. But again, the issue is that you look at countries around us, Egypt, you look at Kenya, you look at Nigeria, even the U.S. and the many other countries, it looks like the food inflation pressure, South Africa inclusive, is not uh, exclusive to Ghana. It actually cuts across. So the question becomes, what could be the main driver of the food price pressures, really, uh, if COVID is easing, supply chains are recovering, and all of that, what could be the major driver? I think that is what we need to unlock. But the reality is that food inflation is quite elevated, 54% mm. and, and counting, and it has been the trend for the last few months, really. So it begs watching for us to sustain and anchor inflation expectations going forward. So um, while I thought we could have made do with maybe a, a hold, uh, a 50 basis point hike, it's not too high, really. And not to the too high? That it could bring back, it's not too high an increment relative to what we've seen in recent uh, uh, hikes, really, where your 150s, your 200 basis points are the ones we've seen. Uh, 50 basis points pales in the shadow of what we've seen in recent times, really. And the fact that the intention is to help family and core inflation expectations, which would ultimately bring back economic activity, we just give the central uh, bank the benefit of the doubt as to how they intend to achieve that. And we would look at how it evolves over the next few months, really. Well, I know businesses, for instance, uh, wouldn't be excited about this, uh, seeing the implications, for instance, on interest rates. And so what do we need to do? You talk about stimulating economic growth. What do we need to do so that uh, we get uh, the policy rate to come down somewhat? Well, it will mean that we need to accelerate efforts. I see uh, from the fiscal account that, yes, revenue has fallen short and we've also compressed expenditure quite significantly. But I believe that a, num- a, a, a chunk of that expenditure savings that we are seeing is largely due to the forfeited interest payment on DDP and an external debt uh, service that we have suspended since, really. Now, so if you look at the real expenditures government plan, uh, minus the savings from these debt exchange, really, how are we doing? Those are the color we would like to see uh, on Thursday when the finance minister comes to uh, parliament with a media review, really. The point I'm making is that 
we would have to tighten both fiscal and monetary controls to the level that is appropriate to bring down information and inflation. Other than that, monetary policy could go on a tightening spree, but we might not see the disinflation that we want mm. if the other variables in the, in the equation are not actually uh, uh, controlled properly. And so we will need to see the push from the fiscal side of things also. And I'm particularly interested in what would have been deficit um, if we had not forfeited maybe interest payment, really. That would give us a sense to what extent government is tightening and not just the interest savings that we are recording, really. Okay. Uh, Courage, uh, 30 seconds, if you can. Quick thoughts on uh, tomorrow's presentation of the media budget. Any expectations from your end? Well, from the look of things, yes, it's, it's early days yet. Revenue measures were just passed in May, but revenue seems to be a problem. Over the half year, we've seen turbulent deficits in revenue. Will that mean new tax policies or new tax interventions? I dare say I do not expect that because then it will bother on insensitivity and it will bother on even worsening the hardship, really. So that and more on fiscal controls and how to achieve the target is really what the broad expectation is. And that the circumstances that do not expect new policy interventions, really, that will just be adjusting the fiscal framework to reflect the realities of our time. And that is what I look forward to. All right, uh, Courage Boti, just hang on. I want to bring in my colleague, George Yafe, who uh, is joining us from the Bank of Ghana's uh, press briefing with more. Uh, good afternoon to you, George. So we know that the central bank decided to increase uh, the policy rate uh, because of the threats to inflation. What other reasons were given for the increase? You're right on that one when you talk about the fact about the threat to inflation, but also there are issues about growth here and the expected impact of the, the next round of the domestic debt exchange program. And that is why the government maintained or argued that it is prudent to take this uh, marginal adjustment. And one quick thing that Darrell, he added also was that they will move in again to hike the rate if the need arises or it is necessary because he maintained that they will continue on this path to ensure that they bring inflation rates to an appreciable level. So, Darrell, one thing I can tell you that this might not be the end in terms of uh, the heights that we're going to see as long as inflation rates might be on the high or outside the Bank of Ghana's target. I'm told you, you had a question for uh, Carrie, something you wanted him to react to. Can you hear me, George? Well, it has to do with the fact okay. that when you look at the, the Ghana CDR swallow, yeah, I can hear you, Daryl. And if you, if you. Daryl, if you can hear me, when you look at the Ghana city, the governor was maintaining or arguing that they, they see the reasons for the stability due to the fact that it has to do uh, with the IMF program and also some monetary measures that they have taken. And therefore, they, they believe that uh, going forward, the city would be firmly stable. But again, there are another quick issue that one would also want to ask is that uh, going forward, if the debt stock is being attributed to the, the spike in the challenge of the Ghana city, if the city should firmly stabilize today, we'll see the debt stock maybe stabilizing as well, then is it prudent, Darrell, some would argue that whether the policy rate uh, should be increased again as well, since the Bank of Ghana has signaled that they will continue to hike the rate to try and bring the situation under control? 
We'll get Kari to react to the issue concerning the city, but what has the government been talking about concerning the banking sector? Uh, any new developments there to expect? Well, Daryl, you're right. And interestingly, Daryl, as to the half-year results, the governor maintained or actually disclosed that the profits have also picked up again. So in terms of profits, what we saw in the first half or first quarter of this year, there has also been a strong growth in the profit numbers up to the half of this year. Also, Dara, when you look at all the, the major indicators when it comes to assessing liquidity, when it's doing the stress tests, the governor in his report also maintained that all these indicators are quite strong for the banking sector. And so if we continue on this path, we are indeed going to see the commercial banks uh, being quite stable going forward. And what we saw in last year, maybe we can say that it could be described as a thing of the past in terms of the shocks that hit the commercial banks, their profits, their liquidity numbers, and non-performing loans and all those things. Maybe it could be described as a thing of the past era. Quick one on the central bank's outlook for the broader economy in relation to our deficit. Well, Darrell, again, interestingly, the governor uh, maintained that if you look at our program with the IMF or what government itself has programmed, we are within uh, what has been actually agreed on when you look at the revenue and when you look at also our, our expenditure as well. So in terms of the fiscal operations, Darrell, there isn't anything now that should really worry us as in things getting out of hand. We are on track and coupled with the IMF program and other measures that government is taking, we should see things firmly stabilized going forward with respect to the larger economy. Also, a quick thing about the banks as well. He, he actually announced that majority of the commercial banks have purchased uh, the bullion funds that is expected to help uh, with the protection of the transit of cash from one end to the commercial banks as well. Also, Darrell, you remember recently two uh, commercial banks were actually uh, suspended with respect to their forest licenses, that is uh, Fidelity Bank and also our First National Bank of South Africa. What we understand from the governor is that the alliances have been restored, and that was somewhere around uh, two weeks ago. Uh, so those are some quick updates, Daryl, on the uh, banking sector as well uh, for our viewers. And also, all the commercial banks, Daryl, have indeed uh, submitted their recapitalization plans to the Bank of Ghana. Remember the governor said we are giving them up to September this year. It appears all these banks have moved quickly to send their plans uh, to the governor of the Bank of Ghana. Great stuff. Uh, Kari, did you catch George's questions on the city? Yes, I guess it had to do with um, the debt uh, and if the city stabilizes really, are we going to see shoots in the debt and by extension, why do we keep hiking the policy rate? Uh, my thinking around that is, yes, partially the shoot-up in the debt stock, I think, is explained by exchange rate. You can see the movement from January, pre-DDP, to February, end of February numbers, where the domestic components of the debt stock increased from $232 billion to about 244 That's more than $10 billion over the period. But thereafter, it's been 244 to 246 to 247 really. Uh, what could explain those jumps beside the interest rate effect? Because from February going, interest rate has been stable, could be the continuous borrowing on the T-bill market. And of course, the DDP in itself has some arrangement which capitalize 
accrued interest, you know, the uh, payment and kind arrangements and all of that. These are things that would add to the domestic desktop, really. And we are in the process of uh, exchanging other ones, the cocoa bills and then the um, uh, domestic dollar bonds, really. These will add pressure, really. Uh, but these things will not directly translate into inflation. In uh, other words, I mean, if government succeeds in exchanging these bonds, extending the tenders, reducing cash payments, it reduces liquidity in the system, and by extension, it helps the effort to control uh, 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 inflation, really. I guess the point about why they are tightening, like we are arguing, is that, yes, there is risk to growth, but they see a lot of pressure from the food side of things, and they also see a lot of pressure from potential variations in oil prices, given the dynamics of what OPEC Plus and others are doing. And those are things they do not want to take chances on, and it's the reason they are hiking. Uh, I think we could have done without it, but that is their assessment, and they have the mandate to control inflation, really. So my argument will be that we just have to observe over the next few months to see how things shape up. But I honestly think that if Bank of Ghana will be successful in controlling inflation, it wouldn't have to be through policy rate adjustments alone. They would have to do their own operations as they are doing. But most importantly, the fiscal authorities would also have to tighten way more than probably what we are seeing now. And I dare say the tightening we are seeing is a lot of interest savings rather than actual expenditure controls. So much, Courage Boti, uh, for your perspective. We said lead at GCB Capital. Thank you so much, Courage. Now, the National Petroleum Authority is finally set to implement the National Cylinder Recirculation Program from September this year after initial setbacks. This was contained in a letter to the LPG marketers in Ghana cited by Joy Business. Now, the directive for marketing and distribution of LPG seeks to ensure that the majority of Ghanaians have access to clean and safe gas for domestic and commercial use. The program will first be rolled out in the greater Accra and Ashanti regions before extension to other parts of the country. Well, joining me on Zoom is Vice President of the LPG Marketers Association of Ghana, Gabriel Kumi. Good afternoon to you, sir. Thank you for joining us. So can you confirm if you have received any communication from the National Petroleum Authority and uh, what more was said about the rollout of the CRM, uh, i.e. timing, what will be required of LPG marketers? That's a lot of questions. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much. Um, yes, indeed, uh, about a month ago, we received a letter from MPA uh, stating that in September they want to start uh, the full implementation of the cylinder circulation model. Uh, let me state that we have been very cooperative with MPA uh, over the years to try and see how best we can uh, implement this policy in the country. Um, we, as an association, I must stress that we don't have anything against the policy per se. Uh, we believe that government can only govern through the implementation of uh, policies and programs. So we have no problem if government wants to introduce a policy in our sector. But then we, we, we should also be able to speak up if the policy is being implemented in a way that will be detrimental to the survival and existence of the uh, the industry players who have built the industry over the years. Um, we received, when we received a letter from MPA, uh, we also responded. In fact, we gave MPA a response uh, to their letter of implementing the CRM in September. Our letter went last week. Uh, that letter raises our concerns and, 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 and our position 
on the way forward. And uh, we gave a timeline of about two weeks to be able to hear from MPA on, on, on our uh, position and our concerns. I would want us to give respect to NPA because um, we have given them a letter. They haven't come back to us with a response yet. Uh, we are hearing that uh, possibly this week we are likely to meet NPA on the letter we send them. So I wouldn't want us to discuss the content of our letter until we have met NPA or until NPA has responded to the letter. Uh, we give a timeline of two weeks, and, and it's barely one week to send that letter to you. So we want to give them that respect and then see what their responses will be. Uh, after that, we can, we can, we can discuss uh, our concerns and details. But, but obviously, we do have some serious, very serious concerns. And we have made our position very, very, very clear. And, um, and, and it's a position that we hold very, very, very clearly that we are not going to uh, compromise on those positions. Uh, are you able to share any of those concerns and what would you recommend as the way forward in implementing the CRM since you say it's not a bad idea anyway? Yes, um, uh, we, like, like I did indicate earlier, I, I really don't want us to, to, to delve into, into the concerns that we have sent to them. I really want us to give, give, give them that respect. But one thing I can say is that this is not a green field. This is an industry that has been in existence for the past 30 years. Per the implementation of cylinder recirculation model, you are not introducing a new industry. You are only trying to apply a new strategy to an existing industry. So there's, there's an, and this is an industry that has been that is so entrenched in the country. Uh, there is a need for you to be very, very, very careful the way you go about it. You don't go about it as if uh, we haven't sold the LPG in Ghana before. This is the first time we are going to start selling LPG. Uh, you, you, we, are, we, are, we are operating on a brownfield. So we will caution that uh, there is a lot of investment that has gone down the drain. Um, we have over 700 LPG retail outlets across the country. We have over 600 LPG trucks distributing LPG across the country. There is a need for you to be very, very, very careful the way you introduce this, so you don't throw a lot of investment down the drain. Because uh, majority of these investments were done through uh, facilities from banks and other financial institutions. And there is a need for us to also look at the consuming public. Uh, if a policy like this is coming to replace a policy that has been in existence for 30 years, that consumers are used to for 30 years, there is a need for you to be very, very careful the way you implement it. All right, so we are going to uh, keep monitoring this, uh, Mr. Kumi, to see what the reaction or the reply from the Na National Petroleum Authority would be to this, uh, these concerns you have raised and then I'm certainly sure we're going to come back to you and uh, discuss the way forward. Uh, thank you so much for uh, speaking with us this afternoon. That uh, was Gabriel Kumi, who is the vice president of the LPG Marketers Association. And that's the marketplace, everybody. More news on our website, myjoinline.com forward slash business. Our top story, Bank of Ghana hikes policy rate by 50 basis points to 30%. You can read more about that. We'll have some more reactions to this also on Business Live Plus. 
total mobile money transactions hit 859 billion CDs in first half of 2023. That's according to the Bank of Ghana as well. MyJawOnline.com forward slash business. We'll see you same time tomorrow.